And uh, today we're going to be talking about money. So I bet you're thinking, like, I bet this is all about the church just wants your money, wants our money. I bet you're thinking that. Well, I just have to say right at the front, of course the church wants your money. <laughs> of course we want your money. We, we all want our church to be financed and resourced because so much good comes out of the, of the local church. So much that we can do in, in people's lives and helping people to find God, which makes an incredible difference both for now and for, forever. Um, just the way that churches, just out of their, uh, the heart that they have, want to serve the community and make a difference in, in people's lives. Like to be able to help someone who's living rough and out of a car. Um, so, of course, um, the church needs finances to do that. And I believe, and I know many of you do too, the local church is the hope of the world. And what better way to, um, to invest into. But, but more than that... Uh, you know, Coast Vineyard Church and the leaders here and, uh, and the pastors, our heart is, is that for every one of us that we become all that God has for us to become. And, and having a, a generous heart is one of those things that uh, is, it reflects the heart of God. It's, it's maturity. It brings health and, and is, just, is just what we would hope all of us would be stepping into, stepping into maturity and having a, a generous heart and a, and a healthy understanding around money is so, so important to, to that. And so, so that's why we talk about it. Okay, so here's, here's a few quotes about money. All right, this one's from Will Rogers, the great American actor. He says this, Too many people spend money they haven't earned to buy things they don't want to impress people they don't like. Here's one from Groucho Marx. While money can't buy happiness, it certainly lets you choose your own form of misery. Robin Williams. Cocaine is God's way of saying you're making too much money. Spike Milligan said, all I ask is the chance to prove that money can't make me happy. And this one's from George Best, the soccer player. I spent a lot of money on booze, birds, and fast cars, and the rest I just squandered. Um, <laughs> let's find out what Jesus says about money. And uh, there's, I know that some of you read your Bibles a lot, and some of you read your Bibles a little, and some of you it's, it's uh, a book that you're going to start on at some time. And, uh, but... There is this incredible sermon, and many, whether people are, are people of faith or not, they say this is probably the greatest sermon that's ever been preached in the history of the world. It's called, and it's given this name, the Sermon on the Mount. He was at this hill uh, by the Sea of Galilee, Galilee just near uh, Capernaum, and uh, and he and he preached this uh, this message that it's got recorded and down. And so in, in the uh, the Gospel of Matthew, chapters five, six, and seven. Look, if you are are wanting to, to, to step more and more into the good things of God, to, to do what you can to be, just to follow Jesus and to see the fullness of the goodness of the kingdom of heaven just released in your life and, and who you are. If that's something that you're wanting, if you feel a bit stuck in your spiritual journey and you're not sure what's next, could I just encourage you, just live in that sermon for a while. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And... And then try and start stepping into living it out. It'll change your life. It'll change your life. 
Anyway, Matthew chapter uh, 6, we're going to look at today. And what he's talking about in, in chapter 6 is that there's two main things that will block your life of friendship with God. That will block your life of friendship with God and block you from growing in, the, in this kingdom life and becoming the person that we're made to be. And one of them is the need to have approval from others. One of the need to have approval from others. And the second one is looking for security for our lives through material wealth. So this is what Jesus is saying. See, these are things that will block your relationship with God, block you from growing into all God has for you. You need to have approval from others. And the second is looking for security for our lives in material wealth. Let's see what he says. We're just going to read just a small piece. Matthew 6, verses 19 to 24. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Let's just invite the God into... Uh, this time that he would, he would speak to us. Father, we do just uh, continue to invite your presence here with us. We're so grateful that you're here. We're so grateful for all that you've done for us, God. We've sung songs of just how great you are, God, that, uh, that you're our living hope. And, and God, I pray too that, that today it wouldn't just be uh, an interesting chat this morning. This would be something that you would take words, something that of these words that are spoken, that each one of us needs to hear, and you would land them in our heart in such a way that we would be drawn forward towards God maturity, towards living a way that is, releases joy and peace and contentment in life for us, God. God, this is a, it's a tricky subject in many ways because money is so much a part of our lives and has such potential for pulling us to the left and to the right. So God, may we hear your voice this morning, in Jesus' name. All right. And it's, it's important when we look at the Sermon on the Mount, that we remember that this is Jesus teaching on how to step into life, and the best life that we can. The way that he's made us, the way that... He wants us to step into, into it so that it's like this will release life and health you know, for you. So good. And on the surface, it looks like Jesus is saying, uh, don't, don't save. Don't invest in goods. Uh, it sounds like he's saying you can't serve God if you have money. So it's, on the surface, it kind of looks like that. But let's look at what he's really saying. He's, he's talking about treasure. And what is treasure? Treasure is something that you want to keep because we place value on it. Does that make sense? And like Trevor looks... Tre Trevor. 
Is, any, is Trevor here? <laughs> Welcome. It's good to have you here this morning, Trevor. Um, but treasure looks different for everyone. And, um, and this is why you have something in your house that someone else threw out in the inorganic collection. That's, treasure looks different for everyone. I tell you, as a, as a young married guy, I used to love an organic collection at times, <laughs> drive slowly around the neighborhood. It's <laughs> awesome. Found some treasure. But we all have treasures, and we, we can tell what our treasures are because these are the things that we try to protect, secure, and keep. So Jesus is talking about our, our treasurings, those things that we, we want to hold on to, that we place high value on. And he talks specifically about money and our stuff. And he also talks about our eyes and health and light. And what he's saying, it's about what you're looking for. Healthy eyes, when you get it right, you'll be full of light, a blessed life. Unhealthy eyes, when you get it wrong, and you'll be full of darkness. Not the, not the life I want or, or I want for you. So Jesus says that looking for more and better stuff is is not a smart strategy for treasuring. He's saying it's not a smart treasure to be looking for because it's too easy to be taken. It's too easy to be taken. I was about, probably about six. Strong memory. Easter, Easter Sunday morning. Lots of Easter eggs that my parents gave my sister and me. And my sister um, got her Easter eggs and scoffed them all down, just right then and there. And I thought, like, that's ridiculous. Like, um, I'm going to save these, I'm going to treasure these, have a little bit, you know, over the whole week. We went to church that morning, and I came back, and uh, dog was looking very sick. And uh, there were Easter egg wrappings in my bedroom and not much else. And uh, all my Easter eggs were gone. Dog. So things, stuff can be taken away from us. But Jesus is saying, invest in treasures in heaven. And what this means is he's saying, invest in the things that God is doing. You know, we've all got time and energy and money to invest, to put into different places. And healthy eyes are eyes that look to what God is doing. And I know that for Jacinda, my absent wife on my wedding anniversary, um, uh, she's having a great time. I'm having a great time. (laughs) There's no one in my house except me at the moment, eh? and it's like the stereo's up loud, first thing in the morning, don't have to worry about waking anyone up. uh, Eventually, I will miss her. uh, (laughs) But I just said that out loud, didn't I? I just... (laughs) um, Oh, I'm an introvert, so I just like that, um, you know, some mat time, so... uh, but. Give it maybe a couple of days, and then we'll be... And all the ladies going, like, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> Get back to it. Stick to your notes, Matt. Stick to your notes. Um, but for Jacinda and I, we've tried to spend our whole lives 
doing this is to try and look at what God's doing and invest in, in times like that. I know when we feel very strongly that we were supposed to do this internship at the Anaheim Vineyard in California, and, and this was all at, at our cost, and, and we, were, you know, we did that for a year and got some wonderful, wonderful training. But we, in the midst of that, um, you know, we were sort of sheepishly going along to the food bank and saying, like, you know, would we be able to perhaps have some groceries because, you know, we don't really, we're not really earning anything. And, and, um, but it was all part of God's plan for us being pastors here eventually. And um, we've always tried to just look for what God's doing and ask God, like, where do you want me to invest what I have? And Paul, the apostle... Again, in one of his letters to this time uh, to the, uh, the Galatians, he says this. And he, he sums up what store up treasure in heaven look, looks like. It's a funny phrase, isn't it? Like, store up treasures in heaven. He says this, which is quite helpful. Galatians 6, 8 to 10. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time... We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Jesus, in his sermon, he goes on in that scripture that we read, he goes on to a bit of a punchline. And he says, like, at some point, there's going to be a clash, and it'll show where your heart is. At some point, there's going to be a clash. You cannot serve both God and money. You just can't do it. No matter how much you think you can, you can't do it. You know, one day, Jesus will be speaking to your heart and about giving up one of your treasures, one of your material treasures, and you have to make a decision. read a great story recently about a, a guy called Bill Yeager, and he's a computer programmer from California. And uh, he was, I read about what, and he, he sort of talked like this. He said he's, he's hearing this voice in, a, in his head, and, and, uh, and he says, one night I was lying in bed, and God spoke to me that I would do business in Africa. And uh, he says, at first it seemed like an awfully silly idea, yet it just kept coming back. Anyway, fast forward, Bill Yeager, he identified and trained more than 1,200 farmers in Kenya to grow certified organic onions. He dropped into this business thing $40,000 of his own personal money, and in training these Kenyans to grow organic onions for the American market, these Kenyans' income went from $500 a year to $10,000 a year. 1,200 of them. And Bill Yeager, when he did that, he's 28 years old. It's just someone that he just felt like God was speaking to him, that still small voice, and he had to make a decision. Cool story. And you know, our um, scriptures, again, the Apostle Paul writes this letter to Timothy, 1 Timothy. And uh, this awesome young man, Timothy, and he was like an intern to Paul, and and again, he keeps unpacking in different places this, how, how important this is around money, our understanding around money. He says this to Timothy, those who want to get rich. So this is him, an experienced 
pastor talking to a younger pastor and said, you need to teach people this stuff. He says, here's what I need you to teach people. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and have pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. I mean, pretty strong words, eh? Flee from this. Flee from the love of money. And why not when he's saying that wanting to get rich has just got danger written all over it? It's like, whoop, whoop, danger. And it's important, again, I keep coming back to this, he doesn't say that getting rich is a problem. It's the wanting to get rich. It's the love of money. That's the problem. And he's saying, like, you know, if you, if you have this love of money, you, you could fall into temptation, you could fall into a trap, you fall into foolish and harmful desires, you could end up plunging into ruin, you could end up towards destruction. It's a potential for you to wander from your faith, all sorts of grief. It's like, ah, no wonder, flee. And like I tell you, some of you have seen that. Some of you have, like, you've seen that, people that you know, your neighbors, friends. Some of you may have experienced it yourself, where you've been chasing the dream of uh, the get-rich-quick scheme and, and have fallen into a trap. And you may say, oh, yeah, but anything like that, it's, it's just a generalization, isn't it? It's just, really, it's just a generalization. Um, it's, surely it's not for everyone that if they pursue getting rich, they're gonna, these things are going to happen to them. And, and I'd say, absolutely, it's just a generalization. But why would you think that you're the exception to the generalization? You know, what are you, are you, maybe you're that special, but like, you've got you to take note of these warnings. Hebrews 13.5 says this, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Like, you'd be surprised to find wisdom, biblical wisdom, you can find it in really surprising places, can't you? This is what Billy Idol says. It doesn't matter about money, having it or not having it, or having clothes or not having them. You're still left alone with yourself in the end. All right, let me give you some advice on money. Who wants money advice? Okay, four of us, let's go. All right. So this is some great advice on money from John Wesley, who's the founder of the Methodist Church. He was a remarkable man. And um, he told people that he would be, he says, I'm going to be the executor of my own will, which basically means that I'm going to give away all my stuff before I, before I die. But I kind of like that. But he had three, he had three rules. And um, one of the reasons that the Methodist Church did so well in the season it was that, and it's called the Methodist Church, is because he gave people methods around how to do life. That's why it's called the Methodist Church. And he said he, he came up with all sorts of wonderful things on all sorts of things. But his, and when it came to money, he says, here's some stuff that I want you to, to, uh, to grab a hold of and do this. The first, he's got three things. He says, earn all that you can. So that doesn't sound like you can't have money, does he? He just said, no, earn all you can. Earn as best you can. 
go for it. Jesus is saying, don't earn money. He's just saying, just don't love it. Don't you can earn. I love it when, um, especially with young people, when they come and they just, they've read some of these things about money and you know, the, the, the rich young ruler that came to Jesus and says, how do I enter the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus says to him, he says, just give away everything. And, and young people that have got this heart to, to go into business and to, and to earn, and they go like, oh, what do I do with that? I go, well, that was just a, a word for that guy for that time. That was the thing that was blocking his relationship with God. He had his fist clenched around his money. And that's why when Jesus said that, he went away sad because he couldn't let go. Um, but... The teaching of scriptures is just, just it's like earn, earning's fine. It's the love of money where you start falling into traps. So Wesley say, earn all that you can. Jonathan Swift, the author, he says this, a wise man should have money in his head, but not in his heart. Listen, I mean, listen to what Wesley says about how good money can be. He says, in the hands of God's children, it is food for the hungry, drink for the thirsty, Raiment for the naked, it gives to the traveler and the stranger where to lay his head. By it we may supply the place of a husband to the widow and of a father to the fatherless. We may a defense be a defense for the oppressed, a means of health to the sick, of ease to them that are in pain. It may be as eyes to the blind, as feet to the lame, yea, a lifter up from the gates of death. Isn't that good? Money's good. It's good to have money. This is, again, another quote um, from an author called George Lorimer. It is good to have money and the things that money can buy, but it is good, too, to check up once in a while and make sure that you haven't lost the things that money can't buy. So earn all that you can. And the second thing John Wesley says is save all that you can, which means that you've got to... Be careful that you don't get into bad habits around, around spending. Um, young chap I knew his first year into his apprenticeship and uh, what he discovered that what you have to do as an apprentice is go and buy a pie every day um, <laughs> for morning tea. It's kind of like what you do. Um, and, uh, and then you might as well buy a little bag of chips and a can of something as well while you're there. And so it's every day, five days a week, and um, he's sort of six months into it. And he just, um, I think his parents very wise, they said like, oh, you should work out how much you've spent on pies and chips and Coke since you started, which he did. And he went, oh, no, <laughs> um, and stopped. So save all you can is, is so important because we, um, we can get into habits of spending money on stuff. And, and we can get into habits of spending money on stuff that, just kind of make us feel good. And those, are, those aren't good habits to get into. I was going to talk about money in, in marriages, but I think I've already dug enough holes in that space for that for today, so we might just leave that one there. <laughs> This whole thing of save all, all that you can, it's probably worth just touching on, uh, on debt, just, just briefly. Um, the Bible has a lot to say about, about debt. And, uh, and look, debt, debt can be okay for the right reasons. 
Okay, like it's not like it's bad. It's not like it's good. It can be okay for the right reason. Um, but debt can go wrong, and and you know it's not going right if uh, you, you you never repay it. That's that's not that means that it's not right. Um, or if debt prevents you from um, being a generous person, from being having being able to give to different things, and you know. Um, or if debt prevents you from responding to God, if God is speaking to you and calls you to something new and your debt has got you anchored and locked in somewhere, then that's not helpful debt either. And, uh, and debt that's over-consuming just, just, just fills your head and your heart and weighs them down. That's not good debt. So, so I just wanted to drop that in there and just say, you know, if you're in situations where debt is unhelpful for you. Um, we've got some wonderful, wonderful people at Coast Vineyard that can come alongside you and um, just turn the lights on on smart ways of helping to get out of that and into, um, into a more freer space. So if that's you, like, I know there's don't feel, you know, that it's embarrassed or anything about it. It's like, it's just, it's, if it is what it is, but how good would it be to, um, to be able to pull, pull out of that? Okay, so earn all that you can, save all that you can, and give all that you can was John Wesley's third thing. And we read earlier, again, from Paul, the, um, the words from the Bible that, uh, uh, they seem to, everyone seems to know these words, but they, they, they know them a little bit different. That whole thing is that uh, money is the root of all evil. That's, um, that's something that it's a, it's a phrase that's in just common language um, in the English-speaking world. Um, but it's usually misquoted just like that. People just say, oh, money is the root of all evil. No, it's the love of money, not money. Money's, money's just money. The love of money. And it's the root of all kinds of evil. So it's the love of money. And, and I think you can see that in the world. And I think that I love the passion that are in a lot of our young people are just like going like, stop destroying our planet. And they're just like, and, and the reasons why we are destroying our planet is because of people in positions of power that have a love of money. You can see it all, like the deforestation, pollution, just um, exploitation of, of people, um, you know, drug addiction, war. It's all driven by someone in power with a love of money, someone wanting to get rich. So what's the antidote to... The, the love of money and the evil that can follow. The antidote is generosity. The antidote is generosity. And the key way to stop money from being your master is to, is to give it away. Not, not, not saying give it all away, but don't hold on to everything. Is that, that there's some generosity there. That when you see a commercial on TV... For tear fund, and they talk about the uh, people that are um, in difficult situations around the world. It's so easy just to kind of close your eyes and just like wait till the ad's done, and then 
But what we should be doing instead is just saying, should I give to this? Should I give to this? And trust that God will lead you. Well, you can't give to everything. I think we're nervous sometimes asking the question, like, God, should I give to this? In case he says yes to everything, and it's just like, I haven't got that much money. Well, just trust that God will lead you. But the antidote to stop money from becoming your master is to not hold it as tight. Just be willing to be generous. And cultivating a generous heart brings life. Brings life. It will give you wings. You might have seen the front of the news sheet. Like, we need, oh, what's the title for the message today? I thought, well, why don't we just call it Generosity Gives You Wings? So it's not Red Bull. <laughs> and this whole feeling of giving you wings, when you think of like something that gives you wings, it's a sense of like, it makes life better, like lighter, you know, good. Generosity is like that. And there's been studies, we, we looked at that uh, about a year ago, we did a series on, on joy. And they've done research around this whole thing of giving, and it's one of those things that gives you joy. And, and they've also found that people that are generous as an as a attitude of life, they're less anxious, they're, um, they're less depressed, uh, and they have more, more joy, more peace, more contentment in life. People often ask me, so what, um, what does your church believe about, about giving to the church? And um, there is all sorts of uh, ways that people interpret the scriptures, and there was lots of talk in the Old Testament around like this 10% thing. And um, I, just, I just think that you don't read a lot about those percentages after, you know, when Jesus came in from the time onwards. So let's just put all those to one side. The heart of the scriptures, it just teaches us, is like cultivate a generous heart. That's what you need, cultivate a generous heart. And the second thing that I see, just really summarizing all of the input around this whole thing, is to give to what you believe in. You know, it might be the Westpac rescue helicopter. It might be the Coast Guard. I know Jacinda, my wife, because I go out spearfishing from time to time, and she, every time this Coast Guard thinks she always gives money to it, you know. So, um, but I'll tell you, like for me, I believe in the local church. And um, I give uh, to the local church. And I know that many of you do as well. And I would hope that um, when you see the life that comes out of, out of this place, that that would be a place that you'd go, I'd love to, to sow into that as well. Um, so cultivate a generous heart. And you know, there's some little ways that we can do that. Like when you're out like with a, with a friend for a coffee, you could reach for the bill, you know. Don't do the Aussie hucker. It's just like, oh, my wallet. Oh, oh, my wallet. Oh. You know the Aussie hucker, eh? So it's like, oh. Just, just reach for the bowl, get that. Um, and you know if you're... Gen Sorry, that might not be an Aussie hucker. That might be just like... I've just done it again. I've got myself in trouble again. Eh? We love the Australians. Um, that was just cheap, cheap joke, sorry. So, um, but generous people, they're, they're available. They're, they see themselves as like pipes, not buckets, when it comes to time and money. Um, they're joyful. They're intentional. 
and they're faith-filled people because they just believe that God's going to look after them. And I know, I know a lot of you and a lot of your stories, and I've heard some of your stories about times when you have given more than given in a way that it really hurt because for something that you believe in. And, and it comes out of this deep faith that you believe that God's going to look after you. I love that so many of you give towards our uh, compassion area when we pass you know, baskets around each Sunday. Um, I love hearing stories of people um, when they hear of a need, um, they, they race towards how can I help, both in time and, and money. I love that. So cultivate a generous heart and give to what you believe in. And like I say, I believe in the church. It's it's the hope of the world. It's the hope of the world. Helping people on their journey of faith that's going to bring life to them in the here and now and for the ever after. Wow. Wow. I know that uh, I read an article uh, a couple of years back that um, in the United States that um, if the church is all pulled out of all of the work and service that they do in the community, the government don't have enough money to step in and, and fill the gap. Um, they couldn't afford the social services. And I'll tell you, it's just so rewarding seeing your money change the world than just watching it accumulate. Let me finish with this. John Wesley, he encouraged people to, uh, to do these things. He said, provide things needful for yourself and your family. It'll come up there on a slide. Have the slides not been working? Oh, there's been no slides the whole time. Okay. Okay. Um, cool. Uh, provide things needful for yourself and your family. Second thing, be content with what you have. Third thing, be honest and pay your debts. And the fourth thing, do good, especially for those in the household of faith. And he's got these scripture references for all those which you can't see on the slide. So, so here's what I want you to do just as we finish this. I want you to cultivate a generous heart. I want you to cultivate a generous heart. Choose to be a giver. And if you know when you look at who you are, if you know that you're someone that's a little bit kind of hold on to stuff a little bit too tight, um, I'd encourage you to, to ask God to, um, to change your heart. Just ask him to change your heart. As you go through the journey of life, the direction that you face takes you somewhere. And a, a couple of years... If you're facing this way, in a couple of years, you go get to here, as opposed to a couple of years, you get to here, there's not much difference between here and here. But if you go in that direction for 40 years, you end up a long way away. And you sometimes meet some very hard old people that have lived a life of just holding really tight onto everything. The opposite of a generous heart. And they're not, they're ugly people. And you also can see people that have lived a life of openness, 
with a, with a generous heart, and there's beauty there. And we have to choose. We have to choose our trajectory on this thing. So let's cultivate a generous heart. If, if you think, well, I guess I'd need probably be helpful to start giving to someone. Well, you know, if, you, if you've never given to, to somewhere that's making a difference in the world, why don't you start? And if you already do, why don't you just give a little bit more? But the thing with hearing a challenge on a Sunday is that we can go, yes, I should do that, and then Monday comes and we're just back into it. So I'd, I'd love you this morning in the midst of this, hearing this challenge, is to think, like, what am I going to do? And again, I said this at the start, you know, I'd love that um, you would choose to give to this place and to help resource all that's happening here. But more than that, I just love to see you set your trajectory in a, in a way that is going to see you become more and more soft-hearted, mature, giving, open, loving, kingdom-minded, godly person. and Because um, that's the journey that we're all on, and that's the invitation that God has for all of us.